Welcome, everybody, to the first edition of Fourth and Frames of 2024. I'm your host, Chris Battistel, joined by my co-hosts, Rhett Manuel and Drew Scott. Tonight, we got a special episode for you with a 2024 Superflex Rookie Mock Draft, joined by some special guests. Let's get it popping. As Landon said yesterday, 2024, we are in you. And tonight, as I said, very special guests, three gentlemen from the FFRPG pod, Eric, Evan, and Mike, and Fantasy and Frame's very own Mike Haas. Fellas, welcome to Fourth and Frames. Are you ready to get to mocking? Oh, we're fired up. I appreciate it, Chris. Always ready to talk about that 24 class. Thanks for bringing us on. Of course, of course. And as always, Rhett, Drew, welcome to 2024. Are you guys ready to mock? I know you guys are ready to mock. Hey, you already know. You already know, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Rhett's just talking into the oblivion. He's so excited. Is this thing on? All right, yeah, cool. So, yeah, let's have some fun tonight, man. That's all I was saying. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, but... You know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the big splash news from across the NFL. We got some coach firings. Tennessee Titans let go of Mike Vrabel. Seattle Seahawks let go of Pete Carroll. Washington Commanders let go of Ron Rivera. And of course, we know the Carolina Panthers let go of Frank Reich. The Chargers, Deuce Daly. The Falcons, and I know Drew was ecstatic about this one, <laughs> let go of Arthur Smith. And the Raiders during the season let go of Josh McDaniels. Evan. As the Tennessee guy, who's the one coach? We were talking about it before a little pre-show. Who's the one coach you were hoping for that lands in Tennessee? Man, there's there's so many so many good coaches out there. Um, it's it's hard, and you've seen what they've done. Um, you see what Steichen did taking over um, for that Colts team and how he elevated that offense. Uh, it makes you think offensive coach. And just because I've loved the enemy for so long, and I want to see him get a coaching job. Do I think it's reasonable and actually going to happen? No, probably not. But I would love to see the enemy there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Offensive top of his top of his list of priorities for sure. So it would be a definite pivot from what they've had from the defensive minded head coach of Mike Frabel. Eric, rank your top three coaching positions from the list here of available spots. Oh, that's a great question. So I think an available available spot, I think number three would be the Chargers because as much as they have Justin Herbert, they're in cap hell. So it's going to be yeah. Justin Herbert or Buck for a little bit. But I still think Herbert's attractive enough to make that three. Number two, I really like the Commanders because having that 1.02, uh, you can either find a way to trade up with the Bears to get to number one to get your guy. Or whoever's at number two is probably going to be pretty good, too. So you can get a good offensive coach in there to yeah. um, really start that up. And number one, uh, I would have to say, is the Falcons. 
even though there's a little bit of the ownership issue, I mean, you're already coming in with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. That offense will be ready to go. I mean, if you want to go the route of trading a second for Justin Fields, if you want to trade up and get your quarterback, there's a lot of different routes you could take to have a high-powered offense ready right away. And if I was a coach, I think that's where I would want to go. Yeah, Atlanta's top of my list, too. Anyone else have a different one at the top of theirs? That's my exact order, one to three. I, I, I think he nailed it. And and a, a, another point for Washington, they also have the most cap space in the league uh, th- this year, too. So number two pick and the most cap space to work with, that's pretty attractive. Nobody's going to talk about Seattle? Mm. Really? That's not going to make your top three? Yeah, they would be it's, it's got to be top three. Yeah, I, they, I think, they'd, be, yeah. they'd be four Solid for me. <clears throat> okay. But your quarterback is poor man's Tyrod Taylor. You really want that? I don't. <laughs> I mean, you have a top 10 offensive line. You have a top 10 backfield. You have top 12 wide receivers. I mean, you have weapons to be able to work with from an offensive standpoint. You have defensive weapons as well. So you have yeah, a the clock ready, ready to be there. I, I, think, I think one of the things – Yep, that, that, that's the point. Is the, the division you'd be walking into – is is tough. That's an uphill battle right off the rip. So I think that's the NFC makes- South a tough through. Come on, man. Toughest <laughs> division in the game, baby. That's why all our teams are just a, two games above five hundred, man. Because we're so tough. I, I know. Yeah, Chris, Red, y'all almost squeaked it out, man. Yeah, yeah it, was almost. it was close. It was close. Mike Haas, we've seen Hello. seven openings so far in the season. Who is your pick for next coach to drop? Oh my gosh. You leave the toughest question for the newbie on here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, pre- well, we all think whether he'll be fired, let go or mutual or whatever, we'll all wait for Belichick, right? But that would yep. be the the easy answer uh probably probably on here. It'll be interesting to see, but they'll do a mutual parting of ways and and do it nicely um is what I'm thinking and then Yeah. On the flip side of that, it it's set up too well for variable to go there. But if it's you know if it's set up perfect <laughs> as it is, that's highly likely that 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 fit will happen seamlessly. But it'll be interesting to see how they they do that in the media and do that in New England on how one goes and one comes. But um, I find that interesting today. The same scenario with with Pete then and Seattle. Um, yeah. I agree with. I would put Seattle into that into that one of the top places to be if maybe pete is on his way out and the new guy gets autonomy but if they how are they going to cross paths so i found that interesting in this offseason just in the last couple of days of paths crossing and old players coming and how they'll, they'll go about that and past coaches that are coming back if if he comes back the to seattle the coach that they yeah it'll be it'll hire. be an so, interesting It'll be an interesting couple Landscape, of weeks to see yeah. how a lot of this unfolds. Yeah. Right. Is there – and Mike Cash, as the as the Pittsburgh yeah. guy on the show today, how long is Mike Tomlin going to be coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers, man? It is, it's inevitable that he's going to be there forever because he's just yeah. going to continue being a 9-8 and eight coach for, for the rest of – 10-8 and eight coach, 10-7 and seven coach for the, yeah. rest of, for the rest of his career. Uh, so he's going to stay there as long as he wants to. The way that the yeah, Rooney set up his contract is that it's a one-year deal that just gets re-upped every year. Uh, they didn't re-up it yet, but they're going to do it probably in February. But until it gets signed, everybody there's going to be all the rumors swirling. 
then yeah. we're going to sign him for another year. Then we're going <laughs> to continue to have a middle of the road season unless we finally get a difference maker at quarterback. But just can't wait to see another nine and eight or ten and seven season. Maybe we'll get lucky. <laughs> maybe. maybe maybe we'll go eleven and six and then lose in the first round. <laughs> yeah, they, they could have been twelve and five if they started Mason Rudolph. Who knows? I know. But uh, we just really needed to make sure Mitch Trubisky got his reps in. That was important for the team's <laughs> development. Very, very important. But, now, before we hop into the draft, we're going to go around the frames quickly. We'll start with Rhett, Drew. We'll go Mike Haas, uh, Eric Evan, and then Mike Cash. Super Bowl matchup, and then pick your winner. Go ahead, Rhett. Uh, man, Baltimore feels like the team to beat, so they're going to be my um, team I have to win. it. And then I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going chalk. San Francisco just looks too good right now. So Baltimore, San Francisco, Baltimore wins it all. Drew? Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore as well, but there's no way in hell I'm picking San Francisco to go to the <laughs> Super Bowl. So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say Baltimore-Dallas, but Baltimore is going to win it. Mike? Down to me. I I won't be, uh, you know, a home guy and, and have the Browns there. I do think the Browns will win game one. So that's my extra comment there. From there, no promises. Um. I'm going to go on a bit of a limb this year, a team on a roll, and I'm going to go with my second team, the Bills, um, right. just because the road they have. So Pittsburgh, I think, you know, you know, not that any game's a gimme, but I think maybe it is the Bills' year if they can get the right right <laughs> string of games along here. It's tough to say. And then I think uh, probably the nine, Niners on the other side, so. Bills, Niners. The Steelers beat the Bills already this year. This isn't like a mystical thing that might happen. It's already happened. <laughs> you, you, you know the Steelers is like the meme with the three dragons where the two of them are looking tough and the one of them looks crazy and, and cockeyed. And, and like yeah. that, that's the Steelers. We know this. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, and then as a Browns fan, I can go, you know, against the enemy and then pick the Bills. That's and fair. Kick, go in the AFC. Yeah. Right. I love the rivalry aspect of it. I appreciate it. That's the same reason I won't pick San Francisco, despite them looking as good as they are. So I can I respect it. that. All right, Eric. Wasn't there like a really good defensive lineman or something on the Steelers that played the first time? I think his name's like Derek Watt or something like that. Yeah, Some Derek, guy Derek that yeah, Derek Watt, the fullback. Great fullback. <laughs> Don't worry. We got, we got Nick Herbig. He's coming in. He'll roll in in three sacks. Nick Herbig. Book it now. Uh, I like it. I like it. What do you got, Eric? What's your call, man? I'm going to repeat what I did on our show last night. I like bold takes, and I'm going a little off the script. I think we're going to have a storybook run of Joe Flacco and the Browns in the Super Bowl versus Matt Stafford going for the Hall of Fame career. So we're going to have with with, uh, Stafford getting two Super Bowls and being a Hall of Famer. Wow. I dig it. Chris, you need to bring this guy on the show more often, man. He's, 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 he's <laughs> you have no how it is so exciting to hear the Cleveland Browns prognosticated to win. I mean, made my night. Just absolutely made my night. Go black with the prophecy, right. man. I'm ready. <laughs> it's, it's hot. All right, Evan, what do you got, man? Yeah, I mean, I said it on our show, and uh, I don't feel great about the Brownies, but there's just something in the air in Cleveland. They believe, you know, you got to believe in them. So, yeah, I had the Browns on the AFC side, and then I also had the Niners because I thought the Niners were the better team last year. They should have probably beaten the Eagles um, and taken that spot. If the injury quarterback wouldn't have happened, it probably would have happened. And being a diehard Eagles fan, you know, it's pretty hard to hard to admit that, but it just feels like the Niners year 
But the Browns really have to get that kicking and punting game figured out to really have a shot. <laughs> yeah, they do. All right, yeah. Mike, what do you got, man? All right, so last night I did the funniest possible outcome, which would be the Browns versus the Bucks, and then Baker Mayfield wins it all over the Browns. Over but the Browns! We'll do a, a real possible possible uh, situation. I think it could be Chiefs-Niners, which would be gross. And I think it's the Niners here. They're finally healthy. The big thing that we've been worried about them is health, and unless something catastrophic happens, the Super Bowl, can't I can't stop them. I can't see it. I can't see Trent, Brock Purdy. Trent Williams MVP. Okay. Trent Williams MVP. Offensive line finally gets some love, man. Finally. <laughs> I like it. I was on the three-man rush pod last night with Drew. Uh, my pick, we went through it. Uh, I got Baltimore and Dallas with Baltimore taking it. Dallas is just on a heater. Another team that's on a heater is, I got to give it to you, Drew, is, is the Rams, man. If there's any team that resembles any kind of New York Giants Cinderella run, it's got to be the Los Angeles Rams. The vibes around that team right now are, are at an all-time high, and coming off beating the the 49ers uh, week 18 uh, on the right foot, they got the defense that can do it. They got the offense that can do it. If it's going to be shootout ball, I can see a situation where, where the Rams just come out on top, man, being the last team that scores. So uh, the, the, ups, the upset we did have, was the Bucks beating the Eagles? So that that was that was a big one. A lot of us were on on yep. on, on board with that. So uh, Bucks beating the Eagles with the Eagles only winning one of their last six games is a definite possibility. Uh, but let's get into why we're here. Let's get into why uh, the viewers are here. Of course, January mock drafting, twenty twenty four, a super flex mock draft, half point PPR. Uh, we're all in the room. We'll pull up the board. Drew, we drew names at the start. Not really. I just put your name at the top because um, I think out of all of us, you've done the least amount of homework. So we wanted to be oh, easy on ass. you, brother. So you get uh, you get the one on one, my guy. I'm at the top, just like the Rams are going to be here in about a month. So it's all good, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, uh, yeah. There's not, not the much. Draft. <laughs> hopefully not hopefully not um not anytime soon anyway that was supposed to happen you know i mean they they didn't have any picks they had no draft capital they were going to be in the basement and then look at them now uh I, there's, there's not there's not much excitement with this one there's not i i think there's a lot of prospect fatigue going on you know and people are getting upset about a guy painting his nails and getting upset because he lost a game and stuff like that and i just I don't care about that shit. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is what he put on the field, and it's been nothing but great. And he should—he's the one-on-one in the NFL draft. He should be the one-on-one in your rookie drafts. It's—it's it's still Caleb Williams for me. Yep. Anyone disagree with Caleb Williams as the one-on-one? I am going to make an argument for my pick at one hundred two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm going to continue this with the second pick here and go with Marvin Harrison, mainly because we know what he's going to be coming into the NFL. You can talk to basically any dynasty ranker, and they're going to tell you that he's probably going to slot in as a top five dynasty wide receiver right yep. off the rip. We know that he is the best college prospect to come out in a very long time at any position, period. So you take that, you put the question marks of the quarterback landing spots where is Caleb going to go to the Bears? I mean, the Bears have decent amount of question marks. They have some promise, but there's enough question marks there 
that as long as Marvin Harrison goes somewhere with a quarterback that can throw a football more than five yards, he's going to be fine. And I, I will say I do have these two guys in the same tier to where, like in a super flex league, if I have two established quarterbacks and I traded for a pick this high up, I have no issue taking Marvin Harrison Jr. So I, I do have him in the same tier. I don't have any issue with that. But um, if I'm quarterback needy, I, I'd be going Caleb. But I, I completely get the argument to go Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. there too, though. Yep, pretty chalky with the first two picks. Richard Sickles is next up on the clock. Newest Fantasy in Frames member. Uh, hopefully he makes his pick here. Drake May at the 103 QB2 off the board. It is a super flex draft. So, again, a lot of people are going to make cases throughout the whole offseason of Jaden Daniels being the QB2. Drew and myself argued about it on a couple episodes prior to this one. Uh, hey, who, so, who, who won that argument, Chris? I mean, you won the argument, but should oh, you okay. have won the All argument right. is the, uh, I mean, that's, that's hey, talk, uh, talk to the judge, baby. Talk to, to the, the judge, judge, man. That's up to the judge. All right, Eric, who do you got at the 104? So for me, I think this is going to be really subjective based upon where he lands, but I do think being in the super flex and the amount of talent that this man has, I'm going to go Jaden Daniels at the 1.04, but if he lands somewhere really cold, like if the bears trade down and take him there, that would worry me a little bit with his frame. But we don't know where they are right now. So right now I'm going to say Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's a super flex format. Right. It's a pick that you're going to want to make. You had a great uh, last season at LSU. Does the seasons before that worry you at all? Does that come into play at all? Or are you completely bypassing his time at Arizona State and the year before this past season at LSU with Jaden Daniels? Um, honestly, it doesn't worry me too much. I, he had such a large improvement this year and has such an athletic profile that I think even if he comes in a little raw, uh, that his legs will almost give him a Justin Fields like rookie season. And as a fantasy player, I think it's a very safe floor to be starting him. Yeah. Yeah. Out of, the, out of all the QBs in the draft, I believe these are the three that get first, uh, first round capital. I don't think, uh, Bo Nix or Michael Penix, uh, Penix Jr., uh, even J.J. McCarthy, if he does declare, uh, I don't believe any of those other quarterbacks are going to get that first day draft capital uh, of the quarterbacks in the class. I believe it's, it's these three. Rhett, do you see a quarterback outside of these three getting that first day capital, man? Uh, day one capital, you probably have – well, that national championship outing was rough for Phoenix. But um, once he gets through the process and depending on how he throws and all those different things, I know he's 24. I know he has an injury history, but if he lands in the right spot where that D ball gets put to use, I mean, that guy can potentially be a baller. So left-handed or not, I know people make a big deal out of that too. Like he's still throwing the ball. He can still sling it. So if there's a day one guy there, I think it's going to be Phoenix. Um, last week they were saying top 10. I don't think we're there, but I mean, yeah, I think he's a possibility for sure. Yeah, I got the 105. You guys made this very easy for me. Uh, some would say the wide receiver one. I'm not going to make that argument. I believe Marvin Harrison Jr. is the wide receiver one. So I'm going to take the wide receiver two in the class. That's Malik Davis out of LSU. Mike Cos, man, I know I probably sniped you here. I know you're probably thinking Sam Hartman at the 106 uh, with your allegiance <laughs> yeah, no. to Notre Dame football. But who are you taking, man? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You did snipe me. I like Malik Neighbors. Love the Jaden Daniels pick, by the way. Uh, watched a lot of LSU 
and had Jaden on several fantasy teams. So cheered, cheered a little bit for LSU. So in this spot, I could probably roll the dice, but I'll, I'm not really going off the board. Uh, we said this was tight end premium, right? No Maybe tight end premium. No tight end premium. Good thing I asked that question. Um, <laughs> so where I'd probably go is pick um, a receiver the other night that played with Michael Penix and probably pick Unduze and put him in this slot. Um, disappointing the other night on a few balls that Michael usually hits him. <laughs> with those passes and it would have been a closer game, but um, heck of a receiver. And I think he will do immediately come into the league um, with his size and his uh, catch radius and can play all every wide receiver position on a team. So I, I think he might have some of the least transition into the NFL uh, behind Harrison. Um, yep. That's what I put there. in there. Yeah, we got a question here from Richard Sickles. I'm going to pass this one to you, Eric, because you're the guy that did draft Jaden Daniels. I've, he said he's seen a couple mocks with Jaden Daniels going to the Minnesota Vikings. How do you feel about that? I think that is a fantastic landing spot for Jaden Daniels. Being in a dome, uh, eight to nine games a year, um, NFC North right now, there's, other than the Bears up and coming defense, there's no defense that scares the crap out of you. Um, I really, really like that. Lance. But plus he's got Justin Jefferson. He's got Addison. He's got a whole bunch of weapons that he can use there. I actually think that is one of the best possible spots for him to land and would put him in an argument into that second QB slot. Is there a, a team that he would land on that would make you adjust your rankings of the quarterbacks significantly where you, you would drop him maybe out of the top, you know, six picks? One of the only ones that I would that is QB needy, and this hurts me as a Bears fan, but I would, would not like him on the Bears. Um, I also don't love Caleb Williams on the Bears, actually. I'm actually very much in favor of the Bears taking Drake May because of the big body type and being playing cold so much up there. I actually think he fits what the Bears want to do a lot more. That would actually bump May up for me. But I think that is the only landing spot that would really scare me with Jaden because we've just seen that with Justin Fields. Yep, that's fair. I like that. All right, Rhett, you're on the clock. 107. Who are you taking? I think y'all made it easy for me, and especially based off the mock draft stuff that I've seen uh, as of yesterday. I saw this mock at PFF where Brock Bowers was projected to be drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. And if we're looking mm. at it this offseason, with T. Higgins likely out of the door, Tyler Boyd on his last legs, um, Joe Mixon being past his best. I think we saw that this year. If Brock Bowers were to land in the Cincinnati Bengals, he immediately likely becomes the second option in that offense in terms of the passing game. And if, if that happens, if some sort of situation like that happens where he gets uh, a Kyle Pitts-like landing spot from a couple years ago where he can immediately come in and be that first and second option in an offense, it's wheels up on Brock Bowers. And at the 107 tight end premium or not, at PPR, you know, we saw what Sam Laporta did this year. We saw even Tucker Craft, uh, Luke Musgrave. A lot of tight ends came in. The position is changing. Dalton Kincaid. You know, in past years, there was so much concern about whether a tight end can come in and immediately contribute. That's starting mm -hmm. to be a little bit in the past now. So Brock Bowers at the 107, I mean, you have to do it at this point. Yeah. I saw Christian Williams from Great the uh, from Football Guys had a mock to the Kansas City Chiefs. And if the NFL lets the oh. Kansas City Chiefs get Brock Bowers – I'm going to be so upset, man. It's yeah, just not going to be fair. 
<laughs> no, I heard. No, I heard Chargers. Herbert. Chargers would be a great spot. Yeah, Chargers would be a great spot for him to land. Uh, I just want to see a player like that not land in a situation where he's not going to be utilized uh, for the talents that he possesses. All right, Mike Cash, 108. Who you got, man? All right. I want you to take 2019 to 2022 and just throw it throw it away. Pretend that never happened. <laughs> right. I went through Tankathon for the NFL right now. There are 10 quarterback needy teams in the top 16. So the, the chances of another quarterback getting top 15 draft capital and being safe is exponentially high, especially when you talk about how crappy the 2022 draft was, how little the 2021 draft panned out. Like there's a lack of quarterback talent and Bo Nix has just enough to get the first round draft capital. Oh. Give me Bo Nix. <laughs> Spicy. It's super flex. I'm going to oh, swing. It's super flex. It's oh, yeah. super flex. Oh, that's a big swing, though. That's a big swing there. Uh, I like that you premised it with saying completely disregard his time at Auburn because he was absolute trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he, he looks more refined from a mechanics perspective. He looks more refined in his reads. Maybe that's because yeah. he's a grown man playing with teenagers. But we'll try to forgive that. <laughs> Speaking of Bo Nix at Auburn, this is probably one of my favorite jokes of all time. Back in the day, early 2010s, SEC had a little quarterback named Bo Wallace, which we called Dr. Bo for better or worse, because he could either cut your heart out or cut his own heart out one of those days. So Bo Wallace, then Bo Nix was the follow-up, but then I'm glad to see he got it worked out. You know, 108 Bo Nix, that's uh, that's spicy, Mike. I, I like it. Keep going. Yeah, we got a, got a comment here. Jonathan James, first time I've seen a tight end going off the board before a running back in a rookie draft. Now, does that speak volumes for the rookie running backs in the class that are coming in? Evan, do you see any running backs if Travion Henderson does declare? Do you see any running backs getting day one capital or early day two capital? Uh, day one capital, most definitely no. I don't see a single one of these running backs getting day one capital. Uh, and looking at it, day two capital is even hard inside of itself. Um, yep. There's very You're grasping at straws at some of these running backs to try and hone in on one specific thing that they do incredibly well and trying to overlook things that they don't do all that well or warts that they have. Uh, which makes me say that I think there's only going to be one running back taken in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Yeah, and I who's your who's your call? You got Is it Henderson? Uh, the call if Henderson comes out is Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I hope Henderson lands on the Houston Texans. I mean, we've seen C.J. Stroud bang the drum for Tank Dell. Hopefully, he brings in his 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 old teammate there into Houston. Then I'm going to be drafting all the Travion Henderson I can get. Again, we are drafting in January. Uh, we're drafting this based off vibes right now, so we might see some crazy things like Bo Nix at the 108. And but that's that's fine. That's why we're here to talk. Talk these bad decisions out, right, Mike? <laughs> I mean, if he goes first round, that's a steal. It's a steal there at the 108. I agree. I agree. Let's revisit so, this in April. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 101, Caleb Williams, 102, Marvin Harrison, 103, Drake May, 104, Jaden Daniels, 105, Malik Neighbors, 106, Romo Dunze, uh, 107, Brock Bowers, 108, Bo Nix, and we got Drew 3MR, 
lined up at the 109. Yeah, the the running back truthers do not have to wait any longer. We've, we started talking about him a little bit here, and uh, he, assuming he declares he is my running back one in this class, I think he would be. I, I agree. I don't think any running back gets taken in the first round of the NFL draft, but I do think if Travion Henderson ends up declaring he is a second round pick, and I know we kind of preach, you know, day two running backs, but even more importantly, the second round and the third round, there is a, a large difference in hit rates. And so if Travion Henderson declares he ends up getting drafted in the second round, he would be an easy first round pick for me, even in Superflex. Uh, so, you know, for for Travion Henderson, as a runner, he, runners, he was really effective. And then on top of that, this last year, he had a career high 7.5% target share out of the backfield as well. So I, I still haven't gotten warm and fuzzy about his past blocking abilities i gotta do a little bit more tape watch on that to see if he can really stick as a three down player uh it, but i think he has as good of a chance as any running back to eventually grow into a three down back and so if he ends up getting the draft capital capital he has the profile at this point to where he would be my running back one so i'll take him here at the back end of the first round yep i like that there mike Cobb with the 110 who you rolling with man Oh, making it hard on here. Picking another pick. Um, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I, a different team, so I have to get into the flow of this. This is not my that first pick, my first team. Different team. Um, well, I'll go, it, it's not a wild card pick, but I'll go back to as somebody said earlier. I can't remember who said that um, on Michael Penix, but I would take the take the risk and the shot at putting in Michael Penix with the talent there. I know he's had the injuries, but when we're drafting this for fantasy, you want to take who, who at their optimum level of their game and what they can show. I thought the other night um, Michigan did a great job of using everyone to pressure and pressure him and not necessarily sack him immediately. And I think that would be the only negative on him. You know, once you work through that and you get, and you get to the pros, um, people that one rusher, say Garrett, getting him right away or something like that. But Michigan threw the, threw him off a little bit, and his pass was just off a little bit. But he was three or four passes um, from being the star of that game and the game being totally flipped, um, yeah. literally, um, and and just missed them. So it'll be hard to say what the NFL, you know, what the scouts say and do with that in, in the big game. We've seen it go both ways <laughs> quite often historically where they, they are harder on them for maybe not performing in the big game and how much mm -hmm. of the other content that they take uh, take into account. But in the nature of this for a draft, yeah, I would definitely, you know, roll the dice with him and get good value in the first round still with him. Yeah, yep. five QB taken mm -hmm. off the board in the first 10 picks, just as one running back going in the first 10 picks speaks volumes on the running back draft class. Five QBs taken in the first 10, 10 picks speaks volumes on the quarterback draft class. Rhett Manuel with the 111. Are you following the trend with another QB? I am not. As a matter of fact, I'm going a little hot take. I'm a little higher on this guy uh, than most people are. I put a tweet out last week and I had him as my 108. So getting Brian Thomas at the 111, mm. I mean, I love Brian Thomas. I love that late first round. Draft capital has now projected to be, which means he's going to fall onto a good team. And I've seen the Kansas City stuff, and we know they need a deep threat because MBS is not that guy. Sky Moore is not that guy. Kadarius Tony, not that guy. I don't know if you guys <laughs> just, know that. So, just a, just a room full of guys that are not that just, guy. 
a room full of not that guys in that in that place. <laughs> so, you know, you know, if you get a guy like Brian Thomas who ends up in Kansas City, he ends up being a nice compliment for Rishi Rice. So I mean, you Brian Thomas at this point, late first round, had a great year. Um, great deep threat, great vertical speed. Um, gets up the field, good contested ball guy. I mean, these are the types of guys that tend to translate well on the outside in the league. So at one eleven, I'll take that. Love that pick there with the 111 LSU wide receiver. Two of them taken in the first round of this January rookie draft. Mike Cash finished off the first round with the 112. You started with Bo Nix at the 1-8. You got another spicy one for us here? Well, first of all, I'm spiraling because while I was doing <laughs> – I did a Jaden Daniels film study, which if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, and I literally – in there I go – Brian Thomas rocks. I need to watch more of him because every time you're watching Daniels play, like he is just putting Thomas in these amazing yeah. situations and Thomas is balling out. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a sharp left turn and go to, we'll call it a little stack. I'm just going to say this is one big team. So does Bo Nix make Troy Franklin good or does Troy Franklin make oh, Bo Nix good? Ah, so I'll just, Troy Franklin. I'll just take Troy Franklin and I feel good about that. He's currently uh, number 27 on the PFF good board, and that's big board, and that's among all players. So he's a good football player. Big, fast. Uh, I think he they clocked him in at 23 miles per hour in-game. So the guy's got the speed needed to make the big plays that anyone wants as a fantasy manager. Uh, Troy Franklin there. Who, who was moaning about that pick? You, I Drew? was, man, because I'm up next, and that was my pick. I love, I love Troy Franklin, man. He, he's, he, he's a stud. It, he, yep. he, uh, there's only, he, I saw a note earlier that there's only been three first round receivers to accomplish at least 24 points per game and three yards per pass attempt at 20 years old, which Troy Franklin did do. And that was Amari Cooper, Drake London, and Justin Blackman. And then if you even want to include second rounders, assuming he doesn't go in the first round, uh, you had AJ Brown, Elijah Moore, and Marquise Lee to that list. So I, his profile is great. The tape is great. Uh, I, I love the player. He's my wide receiver four. So I was really hoping that he would fall to me here. So that, that was that was a heartbreaking pick. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can comp him to Elijah Moore, you got to jump on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving up. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> I like the pick there, Drew. You are starting us off at 201, man. Yeah, I thought that I was going to go wide receiver, but um, I'm actually going to go back to the uh, I'm going to go back to the running back. Will man, uh, for me, you know, uh, as soon as this guy declared i got really excited and i know that he's dealing Ooh, with injuries geez. and he's i i don't care if he's dealing with injuries Ooh. he's my running back too with the way that medicine has advanced now in terms of him recovering i i fully believe that he will be it, it, assuming it, it depends on where he gets drafted what the running back room looks like but if there's questions in the running back room in the nfl I, I think he has a good shot at being the be most talented running back in a lot of running back rooms in the league. And eventually talent will rise to the top. And it, he's he's got all the talent, man, that he's dealing with the injury. But uh, he had 8.89 yards per, per team pass attempt, and he had a 9% target share. He finished the season tied for the highest points per game of any running back listed. And uh, he slots in as a running back, too, for me. I don't love, I don't love the running back class as a whole, but I do love a couple guys at the top. And the these two guys that I picked here, Travion Henderson and Jonathan Brooks, uh, I'm probably going to end up having a lot of them. Yeah, love that pick. Love the Jonathan Brooks pick there. Um, let's just rifle off the first round before we move on to Evan's pick. 
Uh, first went Caleb Williams. Marvin Harrison went second. Drake May followed by Jaden Daniels. After that, two wide receivers in Malik Neighbors and Romo Dunze. Tight end one, Brock Bowers picked at the 107, followed by Bo Nix. Travion Henderson, Michael Penix Jr., Brian Thomas Jr., and Troy Franklin to round out the first round. Drew started off the second round picking the RB2 off the board, Texas running back Jonathan Brooks, and Evan's going to hit us off with the 202. Yeah, really love the Jonathan Brooks pick. Um, The only thing that I do have concern of with Brooks uh, for that, for fantasy gamers, is if he does come back a little slow from the knee injury, I do think there'll be a little bit of a buy window there um, for a potential uh, pick up a little bit later. Uh, But I'm going to go with the physical freak. Uh, I'm going to go with John Coleman. Um, Really loved him uh, when he was at uh, Michigan State as well with Mm -hmm. Jaden Reed there. Um, crazy enough, that offense had two really good wide receivers and the team was still bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> Michigan State, what are you going to do? Uh, seeing him also be able to return punts, I think, adds versatility. And then you also get to the combine where being a physical freak, he should absolutely smash the combine. So maybe that ends up getting baked into some of his draft value uh, that fantasy gamers are going to put on him, uh, expecting him to smash the combine. So it could be a little bit of a letdown. Um, but I think Combine is going to continue to push him up the board, uh, and likely I think he's going to end up being a back-end first-round pick. Yeah, man, I love the Keon pick, and I'm actually going to riff a little bit because um, one of my many, many hustles, I do some high school football coverage on the side, and I actually covered Keon Coleman in high school. Um, I'm going to tell you a story where he's playing at the small 1A school, and they're playing another super small school. Never seen this in my life, will never see it again. I once saw a football coach be willing to play nine on 11. Keon comes across motion in the spread offense. They roll not one, but two guys over to the same side of the field. So they're tr- willing to triple team Keon Coleman just to take him away. And just for the for record, it didn't work. <laughs> Kids a baller. Kids an absolute baller. The wide receiver... Uh, six taken in this draft, so uh, some pretty good value there at the 202. We have Richard Sickles picking at the 203. He started the draft off with Drake May. Let's see who he follows it up with here. Still some gut, Amike Buka, solid wide receiver. We still don't know if Amike Buka, Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson, all these OSU guys, whether or not they're going to declare for the NFL draft. But if they do, Amike Buka is a baller and it's kind of like that whole wide receiver room there for osu he was playing what fifth fiddle last year uh second fiddle to marvin harrison jr this year so uh great pick another player that if he ends up in a in a in a landing spot that could be beneficial for him you know i'm hoping buffalo for amika uh that's a guy who could be instant fantasy producer we got Eric at the 204. Are you going Rocky Lombardi or where, where, where are you looking? No, I am so excited my guy is here. I thought somebody might swoop in and take him. But uh, can I interest you all in my current QB4, depending where he can land, maybe even bump it up to three, J.J. McCarthy. Oh, Absolutely love my boy. Uh, This year had a 73% completion percentage with 2,851 yards. He 
had 22 touchdowns to four interceptions, and three of those interceptions came in a Bowling Green game that didn't really matter when Jim Harbaugh was suspended and everything was weird in the beginning of the year. Take that out. That's 22 to one. He My threw three interceptions against one. Bowling Green. Three against Bowling Green when the whole Jim Harbaugh off my draft board. Out. Off the board. I'm excusing it. <laughs> Y'all can say whatever you want. I'm excusing it. But he's 6'3", 202, has not even turned 21 years old yet. So my man's going to keep on growing, getting bigger and stronger. If you put him with a good offensive coach and he put up all these numbers in a run-first offense, I'm so excited to see what he does on the next level. He's a former five-star uh, recruit out of high school. I am all in on the J.J. McCarthy train. And also, you you left a you have to love a quarterback who is just irrationally confident in most things in life. So you know, those guys. I mean, I'm all in. Let's let's have some fun with JJ McCarthy and let's see what happens where he goes in the draft. So exciting. Yep, great pick there, especially super flex format. Uh, can't go wrong getting him as the uh, QB six. So don't hate it. Don't know if I love the pick considering that Michigan didn't really ask him to do too much in important situations kind of has me worried just a little bit but uh super flex like like you said there with everything that he did do in michigan it's a great pick man uh i think i think if you you saw him on a team like washington that asked him to do more you would have seen yeah put up bigger numbers you would have seen him ball out sure yeah i agree with that that i mean that that play where he had the rush for what it was the third third and eight, and it was twenty two yard rush when he was in his own zone. I mean, that's that's a, that's a big brain play, man. A lot of QBs Baller. ain't gonna read that and, and make those kind of plays. And we've seen him make NFL level throws, and then we've seen him completely miss uh, wide open receivers. So it's it's gonna be one of those guys that if he kills at the combine, his draft stock could could potentially shoot up. Um, but that's it's gonna be and it's gonna be an interesting offseason after 205. I'm gonna take my RB2 in the class. Uh, for me, a guy that I have hoarded in all my Devi and C- C2C teams since his freshman year, and that is Braylon Allen running back out of Wisconsin, an absolute killer does struggle a little bit of pass pro but the guy's what 20 20 21 years old 20 years old uh, i think he just hurt 17 or something right like he's yeah, so stupid he young. did it at the college level he put up great numbers as a 17 year old guy squats houses uh for for uh, for a living man so uh i think you're in our group chat we're, we're all texting on the side right now and i just texted i can't believe no one's taken braylon allen and then he goes next pick whoever is texting chris on the side I we're not friends it. anymore yeah, i appreciate it he was he was you know, my next running back up too so i, uh, I love the big man in Great a choice. in a in a running back class that doesn't have that you know what what we deem generational guy in my eyes it is full of running backs that the nfl is going to love so as fantasy producers we might not get the Brees hall or you know a christian mccaffrey out of it we might not get you know that guy that's going to put up 20 fantasy points per game but we're going to see guys that that are going to see snaps because it's just chock full of running backs that nfl teams are going to fall in love with and if you have a dynasty team you know start collecting those second and third round picks because uh, you're going to find a lot of good value. As you can see already through uh, 
what are we through 17 picks here? There's some guys uh, that, that in the second round that could potentially be first round picks. I got a, uh, so I got a question Hodge, for you before you move on, yep. uh, on Braylon Allen. So I, I'm curious your thoughts on his receiving profile, because I know it, I know it grew a little bit this year and I know he's still extremely young. I mean, the, the reason that I have Trevion mm-hmm. Henderson and Jonathan Brooks ahead of him is because I think that they have shown a little bit more pass catching chops than Braylon Allen. But as you mentioned, he played as a 17-year-old his first year. Yep. You know, I mean, he's essentially a year younger than everybody else he's playing against is still dominating on the run game. Do you think that he can continue to grow as a pass catcher or do you think he'll be more of a, a two down runner that can be like I know he can catch dump offs and he can make that happen. But do you think he can develop a route tree and turn into a three down running back? I think he can do it. I just don't think he'll do it to the point where it's going to be a. um you know, big part of his game as a fantasy running back. So he'll, he'll get the, he'll get the pass catches. He'll be involved in the passing game, but he's not going to go see, you know, six to eight targets a game. You might only see the, you know, four to five targets, maybe three to four receptions a game. So he's not going to go out there and be that, that pass catching three down roll back. Like you said, he'll have the opportunity to do it. We've seen him be more involved in Wisconsin in the past game uh, this, this past season. Uh, But yeah, no. Yeah. I I think he can do it. I just don't think it's going to be a big part of, of his, of his game. Sure. So he's he yeah he's my RB two I got him I got Travion I got Braylon I don't got Jonathan Brooks as high as most but uh, at the I know I'm higher than consensus on him and I'm cool with that it's all right no and, and as you should be man the kid the kid balled out at Texas before he got hurt you should be high on Jonathan Brooks I think PFF had him as the there are RB one I think I saw posted on oh, uh, really? on Twitter there so yeah there's high praise for for Jonathan Brooks at two oh six we got Mike Haas Mike who are you taking um, I changed my mind three times during that whole conversation. I think I scratched, I think I circled and changed. I, I actually like three players. I'm going to name the first player that, that you all you can only think pick I one. would pick as a Notre Dame fan. I'm just going to put an asterisk. I'm not going to pick Audric Estime, even though I agree with your analysis, like on Braylon Allen and some of the running backs that will, will produce or could run for a thousand yards, but may not do it, you know, in the most sexy way. Um, that we might want in in fantasy football landscape. But he will do well. But I'm going to go off the board with – not off the board, but with Corum with Michigan. I would take Blake Corum. I scribbled down a couple notes that he kind of reminds me a little bit of James Cook, but much better. And I don't mean that as a, you know, as a bad thing to say on James Cook. I like the Bills and James Cook, but as this draft unfolded and I'm thinking of Corm just keeps producing and can do everything and has pedigree um, and the mindset to, I think, strive for greatness, maybe out of a lot of these backs. Like every time he's interviewed you and you listen to him again the other night and you think he's, he has some it factor. And I think it'd be good value in a draft like this at this stage. And that I think he may be the, the, the most talented guy that can do pretty well, everything um, in, in the draft class, in my opinion, there's a few others, but with his tenacity and looks like his willingness, looks like he, he want, he's determined to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. So I take love the Blake Corum pick there. Yep. I dig it, man. Rhett, you're up at 207. What do you got? My Michael, yeah, my Michael, perfect. 
All right, so we're at the point right now where there is a lot of good receiver talent still left. Xavier Worthy, Tez Walker, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Jalen McMillan. Like, you've got options. Trey Benson is there, and I have I'm Trey Benson fairly high, so let's continue that running back run. Let's go with Trey right here. I know he's one of these guys who, you know, I, I had him up as my RB2 before Jonathan Brooks declared. Um, great mix of size and speed. Can wear you down, can hit the home run. Um, has some good catch pass catching ability as well. Um, I was between him and Bucky Irving. Bucky Irving having that uh, almost Devon A chain sort of hype behind him because he's a speed guy coming off a 50 catch season. But right here, yeah. uh, a lot of running backs going off and uh, running back too. Let's take Benson. My favorite thing about the Trey Benson discourse already is seeing people on the internet saying, well, if you take away the big plays that he had, he's really not that efficient. It's like, man, I love a good old, okay, if you if you just take away all the things that God does good, he's actually not that good anymore. Like, that's just such a fun <laughs> argument to have. So that's easily my favorite Trey Benson discourse so far. I, I love the pick. That would be my next running back off the board, too. <laughs> if you take the tires off of Jeff Gordon's NASCAR, he's not the greatest NASCAR driver ever. <laughs> I don't know nothing about NASCAR, but I can appreciate <laughs> the analogy regardless. Perfect. 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 <laughs> All right, Mike. Mike Cash, 208. Who you got, man? Well, I feel like this is boring because we just called him out, but there's a uh, – if you guys listen to the NFL Stock Exchange at all, there's 10 yeah, to 15 yeah. receivers that, like – would be round two or round three grades this year. Yep. But they're all just going to get shoved into places. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and take Tez Walker, who's currently their wide receiver four. Yes. Uh, they're smarter than I am, and I haven't looked at his film yet, but I trust them with my whole soul. So uh, you're going to love good, it. You're good gonna enough for them, good film. enough for me. You're going to love Tez Walker's film as soon as you dive into it. I don't know if anyone else has watched uh, film on Tez. Have you, you've, you've checked out Tez's film? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm a big fan. I, I was I was rooting for him the entire season to be able to get yeah. to play. Um, when it, when the NCAA came down with uh, telling him that he was ineligible, but mm-hmm. I, I was so happy to be able to see him there with Drake May. Yeah, I agree, man. Guy floats. Guy just floats. Glides out there. He does get a little clunky in his in his routes with some wasted movements, but man, the guy is fluid. I love me some Tez Walker. Kind of upset that he was picked there. I was going to pick him with the Braylon Allen pick, but I wanted Braylon Allen there. So uh, second round, looking pretty good. Uh, 201, Jonathan Brooks. 202, Keon Coleman. 203, we got Amike Buka. Uh, 204, J.J. McCarthy. Only one QB taken so far in the second round. Uh, 205, Braylon Allen followed by Blake Corum, and then Trey Benson. We went on a little running back run there. Uh, Devontae Walker at the 208, and then we got Drew picking at the 209. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the wide receiver run going. Um, I'm gonna take Xavier Worthy here. He's my next receiver off the board. Uh, you know, he his freshman season was definitely his best. He, he, the uh, I think the sixth highest points per game, uh, by a freshman receiver whenever he put up 19.4 points per game. But you know, he's had um, <clears throat> he had 2.84 yards per. Team pass attempt, 36.3% yard receiving share as well. But he's had at least a 27% target share 
every season at Texas. Uh, I, I I love his game personally. I think it's perfect for what the NFL is looking for right now uh, with, with the deep threat, the speed, and being a great separator, which is things that I don't think I've valued enough in years past. And so uh, things I'm starting to kind of focus on a little bit more. So give me Xavier Worthy here right behind Tez Walker, who I also do love. <laughs> If you had to pick a preferred landing spot for Xavier Worthy, and you can't say the Kansas City Chiefs, what's your pick? Uh, give me the Chargers then. It, right. You know the wide receiver core has some has some uh, has some holes in it, and like I, I just give me a just give me an elite quarterback. So the Chargers was just the first thing come to mind because their receiver room could use some work. <laughs> so just just attach them to an elite quarterback that can throw that thing down the field, and and Justin Herbert can certainly do that much. So uh, I'd, I'd I'd love to see if they're in LA, assuming they don't use one of their premium draft picks, you know, at the top of the first round at a receiver. That would change things a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see. I just want to see Xavier Worthy attached to a guy that can get that thing down the field. Hey, he'd yeah. be great on the Colts. It'd be a lot of fun to watch him take over that role from Alec Pierce. That's true. Richardson can also get that thing down the field. Oh, yeah. And down, Downs covering the short routes, Pittman being the alpha. Yeah, I like that. I like that spot. I like that spot. Low key, I, I kind of like that spot right there, Xavier Worthy. All right, Mike Haas, we All left right. him for you. Who? No, no, we left you. We it. left you. You told us not to pick your guy this whole draft in the second round. That's well, the we left I him that's for you right there. there. <laughs> that's a that's if Floor's we go to yours, round. Man. If we go to round three, but I, I'll go off off the board here where I'm not. I've looked at a few mock drafts. It's probably might be a little bit early for him, for him. Um, but I would take the tight end two here, um, Jatavian Sanders from Texas. Um, probably one of the reasons would be I happen to watch Texas a lot uh, this year, and the connection. It looked like they they used him a lot and they gave him a lot of targets, but he he certainly looks pro ready um, already. <laughs> Um, yeah. And certain games, he almost looked like to take over. And then the offensive play calling, you know, you could you could feed him 10 balls and, and they just were doing other things. But um, so a little bit of reading and watching him play, he certainly looks the part of several tight ends in the NFL now. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't think he's too far behind Brock. I think Brock is is obviously he's one of my favorite players, Bowers in the draft. But um, watching a few Texas games, cheering a little bit for Texas there, Mike. Shout out. Um, I think he's going to be a terrific. Uh, if pro you like Chico Conquo, imagine he ate a Mario mushroom and like got superpowers. <laughs> That's Shatavion Sanders. You should get fired up about him. Getting him at the 210 he's, is awesome. Like he's, he's definitely not Brock, but he's an no, easy a, taxi stash. Yeah, like he looks like. You come in day one, you're like you think this year. You, we think of Sam Laporta, we think of the different tight ends that obviously great pedigree, great players. But when you watch those Texas games, it looked like he was playing pro ball, pro routes already, and yep. just feed him. It just they just feed him more. But so it'll be interesting to see um, how well he does out of the gate. Yeah, love it. Yeah. All right, second tight end taken off the board. We're going to limit this to two rounds. Uh, we're going to finish the last two picks and then go over some of the picks that were made. Rhett, you got pick 211, and then Mike Cash finishes it off with the 212. Who are you sniping from him here at this spot? 
you know, I'm so happy Mike Cash mentioned the NFL Stock Exchange because I'm going to go with a guy right here who they seem to be in love with. And after watching some tape and just watching him play, um, I'm in love too. Uh, guys, let's go Lad McConkey at the 211. Um, he's going to be a second round pick in all likelihood. I'm not the fastest guy in the world, but we saw somebody with a lot of short area quickness excel and start to pop off in the league last year, also being undersized. So this is very easy for me to take to make the Tank Dale comparison with Lad McConkey. You know, precise route runner, a guy who's just going to get open, get a little bit of separation, can win that contested ball, do a lot of things well, maybe not do anything especially great. But at this point, you got to keep in mind, uh, A.D. Mitchell got away from Georgia to get away from Lad McConkey and find a role at Texas. So <laughs> that tells me something about him right there. So. I like it. Like the lad McConkey pick, A.D. Mitchell went to Texas to get away from <laughs> lad McConkey. <laughs> I, I like it, Rhett. I like it. I don't know if I agree with it, but I like it. All right, Mike Cash, 212, finish this off. What you got, man? All right, first and foremost, A.D. Mitchell did not go to Texas to get away <laughs> from McConkey, he went there to play with Quinn Ewers and then have 11 touchdowns because he's a red zone monster, 6'4, 800 yards. Give me AD Mitchell. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, that's an easy one. That was right, my next available player. My, my next was best that your player. pick there? Who would you pick there at the 301 now? <laughs> if because AD Mitchell was taken just out of curiosity, Drew. Uh, with AD Mitchell gone, it, it would probably be one of the running backs, either Bucky Irving or Audrey Guest to me. It would be kind of a coin flip between those two guys. But it, I, I'd be looking at the running backs between those two guys again, uh, with, with uh, AD Mitchell off the board. Yep. Yeah. I like that pick. Considering the running backs that are still on the board, Eric. Will Shipley, Bucky Irving, Audric Estime, Monty Bailey, Raymond Davis, Donovan Edwards, who we've seen in the national championship, go off for two big runs. All he's pretty much done all year. Kendall Milton, another big body bruiser running back. Rasheen Ali, who lit up the college football game. Uh, just Marshawn Lloyd is coming from USC. Just like a bunch of guys that can ball. Do you see much movement from what we drafted here today with the running backs at all? Or is it pretty much what you think is going to happen up until, you know, we get into the thick of draft season? Uh, I think it actually went as far as running backs go, like pretty standard, pretty chalk. Um, I don't think you're going to see a ton of these guys go high. And we're going to hit this point at the end of the second, beginning of the third round, where there's a bunch of lotto tickets that you kind of yeah. just have your guy and you're going to take swings at them. Um, I know I'm personally not planning on taking a running back at all until the third round this year and then hoping I get like a Isaiah Pacheco in the fifth round two years ago. Someone who just kind of comes out of nowhere and I can allow a ticket with it. Yeah, and it's full of guys that could very well be that Isaiah Pacheco in, in this draft. So mm -hmm. uh, you want to stock those second. You want to stock – you could see the second round here. There's a – ton of good value in the second round so you want to make sure you're stocking up on those second third round picks in your drafts mike cash first round who's the one guy you could see drop completely out of this first round and you can't pick bo nix all right i was gonna say it's a toss-up between him and Penix because <laughs> both of those picks were based purely off of we think they're gonna get first round pedigree uh, i did a whole profile on what the draft capital spent on a player equates to their hit rate. And for quarterbacks, it is rough. If you ain't a first rounder, you're not useful. So 
uh, first round or bust for those two quarterbacks. And we just really got to see how it plays out. Totally agree. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Evan, go ahead, Mike. What were you say? Yeah. I just agree with that, that when, when you're doing this format, um, with what Mike was saying, Penix and Bo, like they have, you watch them play, they got that pedigree there, but they're going to need, they're going to need the, the support and encouragement from these NFL leaders. And whether that happens or not, that's the game we're playing here, um, here tonight. But I agree with that. And and I'd also like to, yeah. And let me point out real quick, break out that, that quarterback rate by top five, the the top five picks astronomically surpass everybody else. And it should be a given. Don't get me wrong, but I guess what I'm trying to get at here is those quarterbacks that go, in that 15 to end of the first round. Yeah, they're still first round quarterbacks, but take it with a massive grain of salt comparatively. Yep. I agree completely. Yep. That's how I, that's how I feel about this quarterback class. Um I, I'm pretty much on board with the top three quarterbacks. And then after that, unless a guy goes surprisingly high, I'm probably not gonna own a ton of Phoenix or Bo Nix or McCarthy. I, I just don't see myself. I'd rather take shots at running back and receiver than quarterbacks that I don't just what I've seen on film at this point I don't think that they're going to be huge difference makers at the next level so that just my personal opinion I think it's a I think it's a three-guy class at the quarterback position I think the rest of the guys are mostly just depth yep agreed Evan one guy in the second round that you could see as we get closer to draft season make his way into that first round let's see I'm gonna say Keon Coleman honestly I know it's my pick but I want to say Keon Coleman. Uh, I would also say X worthy, you know, Xavier worthy could also yeah. get in there um, just based off of speed alone um, size, speed combo for Keon Coleman speed and the way that he can play into an NFL offense. I, I think so many times we as fantasy gamers put on that fantasy hat and think about what can this player do for me in a fantasy aspect. Whereas these NFL teams obviously are looking for their franchise. What does somebody that takes off the top off of a defense do for them? I mean, it, it opens it up. I mean, we saw Jameson Williams sure. go as high as he did and be mm-hmm. taken as high as he did, traded up for because of what he can do in stretching the defense. It's huge to offenses. It opens up so much that they can do, and it's heavily valued. Yep. I like that pick. Evan, favorite pick of the draft that wasn't made by you? Oh, favorite pick. <laughs> I mean, I, I loved Mike's Troy Franklin. I, I've been yeah, saying I've been, a, I've been a huge Troy Franklin fan for a very long time. Yeah, um, I'm still tilting off that one. So, yeah, Troy Franklin, <laughs> in my opinion, is the pick. Um, honestly, I would have probably been looking at him at 109. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I love the Troy Franklin pick. All right, Eric, we know you had a hard out. So just one quick question before you got to get out of here. Is there anyone I saw you raise your hand when the Caleb Williams pick was made at the 101? Is there anyone else, possibly, I guess, Marvin Harrison Jr., that you would make a case for in that spot? The only reason I raised my hand with Caleb Williams is if the Bears keep that pick and take Caleb Williams, I'm concerned about that because small quarterbacks don't tend to do as well in the Chicago Cold. Um, and that hard ground getting hit, that worries me a little bit. Not enough to really, like, drop him way down. Like, of course, he's still the one or the two. But if the Bears go Caleb Williams, I would strongly consider Drake May or Jaden Daniels 
as the 101, depending where they landed. If Caleb Williams goes to the Bears and Jaden Daniel goes to the Vikings, I think I might argue to take Jaden Daniels 101. Mm. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. Thank you. It's uh it's it's gonna be a fun few months from now up until the actual NFL draft with the combine, all the private workouts, these S2 test scores, which we've obviously seen doesn't really mean much. Uh, because yeah, as CJ Stroud, how he feels about those test scores, <laughs> yeah, exactly. CJ Stroud just completely balling out. Mike Haas, your first ever live show. How you feeling, big guy? How was your first well, ever rookie mock draft, man? Well, fun, uh, for one, and a credit to all you guys, like, uh, uh, you're pros, all of you, like, great, great work. Great job. You can tell you got your research in. So I'll have uh, as I said, you know, I'll be the I'll be the newbie where I've watched football all my life and uh, played this fantasy thing for a long time. And but uh definitely see a few pointers that you guys could lend along the way, uh and that you know your stuff. So but totally enjoyable. Um and glad to be here. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, man. Drew, favorite pick of the draft. Favorite pick outside of the, the draft. first round. Outside the first round. So favorite outside of the first favorite. round. Okay. Um. So let's see. I, I can't. I can't pick my own. Right. Um. I, I think it would probably be. Um, I, I honestly, I think it's your Braylon Allen pick. That that was that was the one that kind of stuck out to me whenever it was made. He was the next running back up for me too. I think that he's, you know, I, I didn't want to say this is the moment whenever he made the pick because two out of the three running backs that were taken, I took them. But I, I think that <laughs> I think that Henderson Brooks and Braylon Allen are the three running backs that are the best bet to be taken before day two is wrapped up. And that those are the running backs I typically want to target. And it's with Braylon Allen being as young as he is and having the production he has, I can see NFL teams falling in love with him. It would not shock me at all to see him go in the second round. And at that point, he's going to go up even higher for me. So I think that's probably the, uh, that would probably be my favorite pick in the second. Yeah, it was, it was a great pick, man. I don't know whoever picked him. Great <laughs> pick, great pick there. Rhett. It just, just to echo, real quick, just to echo Richard, Mike, you did you did great, man. You did great, Mike. Yes, oh, sir. Give, give like yourself a pat on the back, man. Well, it, a little bit stressful <laughs> for the first. But Rhett calmed me down right away. He says, Hey, my breathe, Mike, breathe. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rhett. Thanks for coming out, man. We don't need to really hear from you. Oh, no problem, <laughs> dude. I'll be out. I'll ask you about We're good. <laughs> Rhett, if Marvin Harrison Jr. and Travion Henderson don't declare, how much of a hit does it take to the – or how much does the hit does it give to the draft class as a whole? If Marvin Harrison and Travion Henderson don't declare. Don't declare, said, yeah. Well, I think you're talking about the guy who is far and away uh, seen as the – generational talent in Marvin Harrison. So that right there makes a difference. Although Malik neighbors certainly softens that blow a little bit. And Travion Henderson, who is the RB one in what is considered a pretty average running back class. I would say, yeah, you probably take a hit at that position where you probably don't see a running back until the second round. So for those running back needy teams who are in a uh, dynasty draft, 
Um, if Travion doesn't declare and you're desperate, you might be uh, value shopping in the second and third round for sure. Yep. Yep. It, it, I mean, the wide receiver class might not suffer as much. It's definitely going to take a hit considering Agreed. the prospect that Marvin Harrison Jr. is. The running back class takes a big hit if Travion Henderson uh, doesn't declare. We have a dynasty question here from the role. And Mike Haas, as the new guy, will give it to you. What's Waddle's value? In dynasty, oh, love Jalen Waddle. So you'd have to pick a player that, uh, great football player. Worry a little bit about his injuries that keep kind of cropping up, but injuries are a part of it, you know, with all the players in the league. But, um, like tied to two a little bit. Uh, we'll wait and see here how this what happens in the playoffs. I think with two, I also am a two a fan, but his injuries and his what they're going to overcome. I think they started out of the gate really well, McDaniels and them. Now this is crunch time for them. So it'll depend, I think, Waddle's dynasty based upon is two of there and everything cohesive or is there change that may or may not happen? I just feel it's a big playoff for that team and a big playoff for Tua. But uh, Jalen Waddle, definitely the talent, the skill set. There's dynasty value. He's he's young too. What is, what is Jalen, 23 maybe? Years old, 25. I I thought he might have been a bit younger than that. Still young, yeah. But I think he holds good value. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's 25. He'll turn. He won't turn 26 until November of of next year. So he's a bit older than I thought. Go ahead, Eric. Um, I thought this might be relevant. Evan and I actually made a trade five days ago involving Waddle, Uh, where I received. I received Waddle in the 1.12, and he got the 2.03 and the 1.04. Um, and I felt pretty is good it, about is that. It, is, it, is it Superflex? Superflex. Okay, so, so if, we, if we put a name to it, it would be like – J- J- I, I would say Jaden yeah. Daniels or Malik Neighbors plus a, plus a second for Jaden Waddle. And, and then whoever the – it's still the 112. Yeah. 112. Yeah. I think it's a good trade. Eric it's knows that I'm not, I'm not as high on Waddle as Eric is. Eric's higher I'm, on I'm lower. I'm lower than consensus yeah, like, on Waddle, too. Yeah. I'm high on Waddle. I think if they get, like, again, I like Tua, but if they get a cute quarterback, a tear up from Tua, Waddle just go bonkers. Like, in my, like if, you know, go to that next step um, in quarterback play, I think Waddle will get fed like, like you won't believe. But neighbors would be a nice bonus prize. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think consensus is significantly lower on Pittman, and mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be hot takey and say give me Pittman over Waddle. I, I don't think that's that much of a hot take, honestly. I think he's okay. no, he has he has the better chance to be the team's wide. Like he's not Jalen Waddle's not going to leapfrog Tyree Kill as the team's wide receiver one, uh, and so I, you know, it all it all really comes down to what you believe in Anthony Richardson. I think in terms of that being a hot take or not. Like Anthony Richardson fans, I don't think you're going to think it's a hot take. But guys out there that don't like Anthony Richardson, they're not going to like that take so much. But I, I'm an A-Rich guy. I'm a big fan. So I, I'm with you on that. I don't think that's a hot take. But there's, I'm sure there's plenty out there that disagree uh, that don't like Richardson as much. Yep, um, I'm right there with you, Drew. I like you. Cash, where would you feel comfortable taking uh, Jalen Waddle in a startup? What range of wide receiver? Uh, he is firmly in the third tier of wide receivers for me. So you got the big four. Talking C.D. Lamb, Chase, Jefferson, and Amon Ross St. Brown. He's in there. 
Then you got the next four. You're talking about your AJ Browns, uh, other names that evade me. And then you're going one more tier down. Tyreek Hill, who's an elite producer now. You're talking about your Nico Collins or your Tank Dell, whichever one you have higher. Talking about some elite level guys. Uh, I think he's firmly in there where there's a path to fantasy football greatness in a couple of years, but he's just going to be capped for a couple of seasons. Yeah, I like that take. Rhett, how is DJ Moore looking for the role long run in Dynasty? First off, DJ Moore finally became the guy we all thought DJ Moore could be this year. I mean, what a season he had. I mean, playing with Justin Fields, who – Whatever you think about him, I mean, he was looking for DJ Moore early and often. And as a result, what we saw was a phenomenal season. Now, his dynasty value, I'd say, is good regardless. But that also depends on what happens in the draft. Because, you know, there are those sneaky commander rumors about Terry McLaurin maybe being involved so the commanders can move up to one and then him moving to Chicago. Don't know how much truth there is to that. But if there's some extra competition in there and they add another big time receiver to that team, whether it's Marvin, whether it's um, Terry McLaurin, doesn't really matter. Um, that I like DJ Moore in Dynasty, but what that depends on, obviously, is if they add another guy who could possibly take away some of that target share because he was the guy this year, him and Cole Komet, so mm-hmm. and mostly DJ Moore. Well, and it feels like the argument for DJ Moore against DJ Moore has always been that his catch rate just isn't there. I mean, we're talking a guy that was in the 50% catch rate in 2020, 2021, and 2022. I mean, that's just not going to get it done for where he was being taken in dynasty drafts. A lot of people soured on him, and now he puts up a 70% catch rate. So, I mean, we're talking a 15% jump on the volume of targets that he's been getting. So, yeah, he's going to produce the numbers. That's also because Eric and I were taking turns at quarterback for the Panthers when DJ Moore was there. So <laughs> now it's ahead, at least Eric. a little better. So as as the resident uh, Bears fan here, um, I believe he finished wide receiver eight this year. Am I correct? I, I believe it was wide receiver eight. I thought he was top ten, yeah. So, yeah, top ten. And that is with Justin Fields, who people think can't throw a football. If you put Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jane Daniels, whoever the Bears go with a 1.01, your floor might be that top 10 wide receiver for the next couple of years. And then what I really want to see is the bears go get like a Drake may. And if they sign like a T Higgins with him, Ooh, you get two receivers like that out there. Fantastic. Maybe another offensive lineman at the ninth, 10th spot in the draft. I think you could see him reduplicate that and maybe even hit a top five season. Yeah. I mean, DJ I think Moore, the receivers we're talking about right now, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, I think they're a lot closer than folks want to admit. And I don't think that the value like as a whole is there. I, I think you can go get DJ Moore plus for Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle. And I'm doing that all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing about DJ Moore, I'm looking at it right now is the fact that, you know, we always see him as we're thinking, you know, an underneath guy, he was actually eighth in the league with a 38.9% air yard share this season. Um, had 654 unrealized air yards. Uh, and part of that is also because Justin Fields is a better quarterback than most folks want to admit. Right. But, two point two point three four yards per outrun, 10 yards per target, 14.2 yards per percep- reception. I mean, he was downfield this year, so it wasn't like they were just going underneath to him all year. So, like, yeah, all in on that profile. Uh, you trying to tell me, Eric, that uh... – DJ Moore with the cast of 
Darnell Mooney and Valuis Jones don't do it for you, man. You want T. Higgins now too? You just gonna get <laughs> greedy like that? If they told me that they threw Valus Jones into Lake Michigan, I would be jumping up and down in excitement. I never want to see that man touch a football in Chicago ever again. That man. That was one of the most obvious bad picks I've seen in a long time in the draft as soon as it happened, man. I felt bad for Bears fans immediately. <laughs> what you got, Haas? Well, so, so did we talk earlier to begin the show that if the Bears will keep fields? And draft Harrison. What, what that would be, be I, like I'm, that would, I'm a, that would be interesting I'm, for DJ Moore's value, right? Right. I'm a Justin Fields fan, and I my my humble opinion <laughs> on their situation. I I know it seems difficult, but the growth of Fields and where they're already at, um, you would like to think they'd be a little bit ahead than bringing in even a Caleb. Although that's a pretty it's a tough it's a tough situation they're in but keeping fields drafting harrison and then putting him with moore and Komet and and then but i've read a lot of that what's your take on that um as a chicago so, bears fan there so i actually really like justin fields i was really hurt in the beginning of the year we started off so poorly because i actually thought he was our franchise future qb i was big on him and then that happened and he got much better towards the end of the year but it is so rare to actually have a decent team that went seven and 10 around you and have a 1.01 with a couple of top tier quarterbacks that can reset the salary clock for another four years that you can build around him, which is amazing. Plus you can probably get a second back for Justin, which I also enjoy. Also, I think a low key underreported thing was the firing of the entire offensive staff. Mm -hmm. I, if you're keeping fields, you do not go with three offensive schemes in four years. I think that's a big signal that they're going to be looking at taking a quarterback with that top pick because that would be a big ask for in Justin's fourth year to learn an entirely new offense. Right. So I think that's a big signal to that too. Yeah, and that's – I mean, as far as building an NFL roster, like the biggest cheat code is having a quarterback on a rookie contract because it just mm-hmm. it gives you so much financial freedom to build around them. And so if you believe – if you have the one-on-one – and you truly believe that somebody sitting at the one-on-one, whether it's Caleb Williams, whoever, is that guy. Like, I, I don't care what you can get for Justin Fields in terms of trade value. You can't you can't put enough emphasis mm-hmm. on how incredible it is to have a quarterback on a rookie contract that you think can make a difference. So, yeah, I, and I'm a Justin Fields fan, but I, I would be pretty surprised mm-hmm. not to see them go that route personally. The, the Bears are trying to do uh, what the 49ers were attempting to do with Trey Lance. Yeah, and yeah, pretty much. Hopefully it turns out better. Um, but I think they're trying to do that same thing, putting a top-tier quarterback that's going to be in a rookie deal for four to five years and just stack the team around him for a five-year window. You got to do it. Uh, trade I made in a dynasty league. I So just for future reference, he did say he swapped the picks up. So he got Garrett Wilson, Saquon, and a fourth, and he gave up David Montgomery, Tank Dell, and a 25 first. So Chris, you've been you've been sending the questions to us all night. How, how do you feel about how you feel about that dynasty trade? Garrett Wilson, Saquon, and a 25 fourth for Monty, Tank Dell, and a 25 first. When I first saw this pop up on the screen, I was like, geez, this guy got Wilson, Saquon, and a first <laughs> right. for Monty yeah. Dell and a fourth. Yeah. Even the other way around. I mean, as good as Tank Dell was this past season, as good as David Montgomery can be for the Detroit Lions. I mean, Garrett Wilson is 
a quarterback away. Not saying that Aaron Rodgers is the going to be the quarterback for the New York Jets or for Garrett Wilson's ultimate fantasy production uh, down the road. But I don't hate it. You're getting a premier running back in Saquon Barkley. I hold Saquon Barkley in higher regard than David Montgomery there. Uh, Tank Dell, Garrett Wilson. I mean, give me Garrett Wilson. Uh, and then you got the, the the pick swap so as the balancer. So I I don't hate it at all, man. You got two studs. You, you gave up two studs as well, but I like the I like Saquon over Monty. I like Garrett Wilson over over Tank Dell. I like the first over the fourth, but you can't have it all. That'd be like my one Christmas wish for this year is just please Garrett Wilson give Garrett Wilson some competent quarterback play because what he's been able to do his first two years with the shithole of a quarterback situation he's had to deal with has just been phenomenal and it, everything is set up with the the lack of the lack of talent in the wide receiver room because Aaron Rodgers continues to just like hey bring all these guys with me that aren't actually good receivers and it, you know bring them with me wherever I go Garrett Wilson is so damn talented and he has nobody there with him to compete for targets. I don't know if they go get a receiver in the draft, but yeah. Garrett Wilson's one of my favorite buys in dynasty right now. Yeah. He's always he open. I think he can leap into that, into that, like that second, like the, he, he might already need to be there, but like right behind CD lamb, Justin yeah, Jefferson. There. Yeah. For me, he is too, but I, I don't, I don't know if that's consensus, Uh, but that I, I think for those that, it isn't already consensus. I think it will be after next year uh, once yeah. he gets some competent quarterback play. Now, Drew, how mad are you at the Jets do the inevitable and trade for Devontae Adams? I'm not that mad. I mean, he's well, he'll be 31 next year. Like, it, you know, it'll dampen some of what Garrett Wilson can do next year. But uh, I, I still think that uh, I, he's so damn talented and, and talent is going to win out. He's going to, and if Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy for the full year next year, there's going to be enough to go around that I think that they can both shine. And Garrett, or, uh, Aaron Rodgers has plenty of years in the past of, you know, supporting multiple top receivers for fantasy. So uh, it, it would definitely be, it, it wouldn't be as good if it's, you know, Garrett Wilson by himself, but I, it wouldn't sour me too much. How about Rodgers? Yeah. healthy for like eight plays this year. That'd be great. <laughs> eight plays. <laughs> that would be an upgrade. As long as it's eight plays with passes to Garrett Wilson, I won't hate it, man. Oh, I drafted him. <laughs> Two leagues set up first play. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, and, I agree. and I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I don't know how many people have actually looked and started thinking about 25 yet, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say the 25 first is probably being overrated right now. Okay. I haven't, I haven't looked too much in 2025 draft class outside of uh, – there's a couple of running backs I like, but outside of that, I haven't looked into it too much. So that's that's interesting. Quarterback class isn't that isn't that sexy as of right, right now. Not really. Not like this one where you know we just did a mock draft and we picked five in the first round. I mean, I don't even know if we see one in the first round. There's a QB out of Penn State, Drew Lar, that might get yeah. garner that attention. But other than He's that, work on I his mean, deep ball. Chuck, as a Penn, as yeah. a Penn State fan here, he's got to work yep. on his deep ball. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. But I mean, other than him, like Judkins, Singleton. To, yeah, you got, yeah, running back wise, Judkins, Singleton. You got Luther Bird in Harden. there as, yeah, he's, he's my wide receiver one. If, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, declares in the class, Evan Stewart there. Uh, it's, yeah. it's got some good, very good positional players, maybe not as deep as this class, uh, but you don't want that 2025 first to be a top end pick. If it's a top end pick, then, you know, maybe you lean a little more towards the other side of the of the trade, but 
I'm, I'm going to take Wilson and Barkley all day over the other two. Yep, I agree. So now, now hearing that, I I like the Penix and Knicks picks in this draft. Oh, because of the because pick. of the 25 class, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've looked at 20, like we've seen that Chris when we're doing our research on C to C in those leagues, but really, I'm trying to call to mind quarterback that'll stick out and come in in that draft and take off. I mean, I'm, Ewers is probably I don't know. the best one, and he just went Ewers. Went back yeah, to school, yeah, so that's now true. He's going to be coming yeah. back out. Quinn Ewers, Shadur Sanders. Yeah, Cade Klubnik was Clemson. Everybody was excited for him. He's not looked up to the part. Yeah. Yeah. Drew Lar hasn't looked the part. I mean, everybody said at Penn State that Drew Lar was going to come in and be the Josh Allen for him. Next Josh Allen was what I was told. I know. know. Trust me. I was I was very excited for Penn State to finally have a, a good quarterback. Yeah, it, it could still happen. It, it could, could still it could. happen. They just had the big uh, wide receiver transfer, right? Uh, I mean, Fleming. Is that what you're talking about? Fleming, yeah, Good. from, from Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, I went, I went five star. Yeah. I mean, he's the wide receiver one on Penn State, isn't he? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Lambert. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And you got Barry and Brown, another another high, Barry high Brown. profile yep. wide receiver there for, from Kentucky. Damn Austin straight, we do. Yeah, so really? some it's it's I don't see it being as deep. It's got some top end, you know, wide receivers and running backs that can make a good splash. Quarterback wise, it's it's gonna be we're gonna have to wait and see what happens with the with next season. But fellas, I mean I can talk with you guys for another two hours. I can draft another <laughs> we, four we could have, we could have had another guys. round done by now, man. <laughs> yeah. You made it so easy. I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Mike, I appreciate you picking this one to be your fantasy in frames debut. Evan, Eric, Mike as well from the FFRPG pod. One thing we do on the show at the end when we have guests is we give them the floor to promote everything they got going on, whether it's inside of fantasy football, outside of fantasy football, something that you're working on the side, you know, a little passion project that you may want to promote. The frame is yours. We'll let you guys go around, let the people know where they can find you, give them your ads, give them what you're working on. Go ahead, man. Yeah. So Mike hates me uh, on our pod because I am (laughs) technologically inept. So social media and technology, that is just not my friend at all. I'm basically an 80-year-old man stuck in a 28-year-old man's body. Um, So (laughs) there's not really any ads, but I am on Sleeper, um, Discord, anything of that nature. We have our Discord for the RPG Discord, and we try and get it rolling a little bit. We're working on getting it up and going. Uh, YouTube for us. You can come see us every Tuesday uh, at 8.30 Eastern. Yep. Eric, you got anything you're working on? Uh, uh work. That's about it. Um, I'm kind of like Evan. Heck yeah. I, not on the socials and stuff like that a ton. I just have fun doing this podcast with these boys. They love these guys. Awesome team to do. Miss Cord tonight is not feeling well. Wish he could have been here too. Uh, if you want to find me on the Insta, I am ECWatts92. Uh, come say hi. That's about all I got. Other than that, I go to work, work out, play guitar, and go to bed. Heck yeah. And then I'm frozen here, but you can still hear me. So hello, everybody. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at FF Mike Cash. You can find my writing over at Last Word on Sports. 
dropping a Jaden Daniels prospect preview tomorrow. Written content, did a video one already, so you can find that on our YouTube page. That is Fantasy Football RPG. Just look for the dragons and the elves and the, you know, druids and nonsense, and you'll find us. Uh, but otherwise, I think that covers everything. Thanks so much for having us on. Chris, we love you. Rhett, yeah, thank you, nice man. This is awesome. Great to meet you guys. But yeah, no, you, you guys got a great group. And uh, tell Preston we say what's up next time you see him. <laughs> will do. Will do. Mike Cos, floor is yours, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right here learning. And I said I'm going to learn a lot. Um, do a few different things here and just, uh, you know, I'll take my time and learn, do some writing and some of the IDP. I'm also in a few IDP leagues and enjoy those and have, uh, just, just get that and just learn it. But I think it's great. You guys are a uh, great group of guys to learn from it appears. <laughs> yeah, it appears so. Appears uh, we, so. we, we, we got a college fantasy uh, football podcast that we're working on myself and Mike cause the one foot down podcast. So that's in the works. Look out for that. Make sure that you play college fantasy football. It is takes your fantasy experience to the next level. Of course, Rhett, Drew, any last words? Just happy to be here. Just living the dream, baby. <laughs> Just living the dream. Who, who, who's got it better than us, baby? No. Let's go blue. I love it. Congrats to the Michigan Wolverines for Drew Scott, for Rhett Manuel. I'm Chris Battistel. Toodles. <laughs>